a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, Minneapolis Supercross Review. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Flyracing.com. Please check them out. They make much more than just moto gear, although their moto gear is bitching. Uh, snowmobile stuff, which we could have used this weekend with when, when Xanto struck us in uh, Minneapolis. Watercraft, uh, hard parts, uh, loading ramps and stands and tie-downs and all sorts of cool stuff at flyracing.com. Please check them out. Also, two Maxxis tires. The MXST tire is coming out real soon, developed by the King. Jeremy McGrath, and also to uh, Alpine Stars, whether it's the Tech 10, which is the benchmark boot and moto, or the Tech 7s, or the A4 chest protector, Alpine Stars protects. Please check them out on their website. A lot of cool stuff, and a lot of riders obviously use Alpine Stars each and every weekend in Supercross and Motocross. All right, let's uh, let's talk some racing here uh, with me on the line from uh, FlyRacing.com and uh, former top privateer, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. Actually, I'm just man. I'm I'm thankful to be home. I know I got home before both of you guys did, but we uh, we could have got stuck there for a really long time if things had gotten gotten a little worse. Yeah, I mean, uh, Southwest was telling people Tuesday. Yep. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, just come back Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> so, and uh, also on the line from uh, uh, Racer X online and and teaming with Ralph Shaheen to call the dirt track action. Jason Wygant. Yeah. Super team. Ralph, why again? Yeah, last week we did our first show. We were both in the studio together. That first episode, Ralph was actually in a separate studio. Uh, so this is our first one-on-one, and it was spectacular. Just it was real and it was spectacular. <laughs> did you? <laughs> can you? I mean, can you ever top that? Will, will it ever be able to be topped? Well, I don't know. You know, um, Golden State Warriors did win seventy-two or seventy-three games a couple years ago. Sustained excellence throughout an entire season. We'll see. Yeah. Now, yep. um, more or less professional than Grant Langston, Ralph Shaheen? Well, Ralph, you know, I mean, he's a rock and roll guy. I think he had a Harley shirt, and a, he had a Harley hoodie over a Ferrari T-shirt. So, yeah. you know, he wasn't wearing a suit. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Wygant, so you, you were one of the ones that couldn't get out yesterday. You got home today. Uh, your flight was canceled till 5 p.m. Um, on Sunday night. And then we, I was with you. We were doing our podcast uh, about Brock Tickle deal. Um, yep. That's up now. And you got an email that said, uh, yeah, you're getting out Monday night. And so you caught a van ride with the JGR guys to Chicago. Yeah, because I knew we were all on the same flight. So as soon as I got that info, I'm like, well, we're all in the same boat here, and we're all going to come up with the same solution, which is what's the next closest airport? Because the real problem wasn't leaving Monday night. It was, as JT said, 
what if that gets canceled too? Like you just wait 36 hours just to find out it's still canceled anyway. So, yeah, so we drove all night. Well, not all night yesterday. I guess it was late afternoon into the yeah. evening. But uh, other guys, uh, Ben, uh, mechanic over there, he left. They drove all night. They left at like midnight from the track in the blizzard. And, I mean, dude, you're driving through middle of well, nowhere. What, they have a rental car? They just do the one-way rental? Or yeah, what? they just did the one-way rental and just went for it driving from like midnight to 7 a.m. That was a little too sketch for me. Wow. And, well, um, how was the roads from Minneapolis to Chicago? Yeah. You know what? It was a crazy atmosphere, yeah, but I think we've all seen more snow in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. certainly I have growing, growing, yeah. growing up in, in, growing in Canada. Canada. JT, you live in the mountains now. You're a mountain man. Um, so You know what? The snow the snow wasn't a big deal to me. It was the, There was a lot of snow. You know, they got 16 inches or whatever, but the wind on Saturday was yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. That's, yep. that's what really put it over the top. Wygan and I went down to go talk to Alden, and we almost couldn't look up to find out where the truck was. You couldn't raise your head up because it would just blow in your face, and you couldn't see. It was not. I was coming out of the tunnel. The only I only went out of the truck twice all day, and one of the times I was walking up the hill out of the tunnel, and for whatever reason, the way the wind was working, it was whipping out. So it was that kind of had some sort of vortex effect going on with the tunnel and the the overpasses and whatever. And it blew in my face so hard one time, and there was so much wind chill and cold and snow hit my face. So I just started screaming and yelling, and I was all by myself, <laughs> like I, just full panic. Like, I didn't know what was happening. Like, day after tomorrow, where the guy, the people just froze in place and died, I literally felt like that was going to happen. Uh, Gainesville, Gainesville, Florida, Jason Thomas screaming <laughs> at the snow. Um, Anger. Um, hey, but, Wygant, you missed, you passed on perhaps an opportunity to have a lifetime. Car ride. Yeah, if he's alive. If he's alive. It might have been the last opportunity of a lifetime. <laughs> Yeah, when I got there Saturday morning, dealing with that same, can barely even see, can't can't look ahead. The wind, the snow is coming in sideways due to the wind. But then all of a sudden, like a mirage, like a beacon in the distance, the first person I can actually make out and see is Damon Bradshaw. And I'm like, now I'm feeling good. Everything's fine. I had a warm feeling after that. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, hey, did you fly from – I'm like, you live in North Carolina again, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, did you fly from Charlotte? And he's like, yeah, but I'm not dealing with this crap. I'm driving home. I'm like, what is that, like 17 hours, 18 hours? He's like, yeah, you want to come? And, dude, you know how difficult it was for me. I was running through all the calculations. <laughs> 18 hours locked in a car with Damon Bradshaw. Like, that's it. That's it. Just kill yourself after that. You've reached your peak. Dude, you really missed out. I wonder what I wonder what the beast did. Did he did he drive all night? Do you think? What? Did he, of course know. he did. Of course he did. He's Damon Bradshaw. Yeah, he probably blocked past some dudes. Do you, the snow probably stopped for him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bradshaw. Yeah, he was really wanting to get out of there. Uh, of and like a lot of these guys, him, Wyndham, all these dudes. He's like, plus I hate flying and I hate planes. And I'm like, don't you pilot planes? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with those guys? Uh, JT, he's uh, working for Fly Racing now, Damon. What was he doing there? What was happening? Uh, he went to dealers, and we we had a uh, well, I didn't say we, but there was a huge open house at Bob Cycle Supply. Okay. So yeah, he was one of the guests there, and uh, yeah, oh. he's he's one of our brand ambassadors. So key weekends like that, um, we we actually have him go see dealers on behalf of Western Power Sports as well. So he's oh, a, okay. He's a big part of what we're doing these days. All right, yeah, I just it seemed odd that he was there at, at Minneapolis, but yeah, I guess if it's a big 
By the way, Bob Psycho contacted me before the race a while ago to host the, the, the rider signing at Bob Psycho. And, and, I, and I passed, but I gave him, I gave him your, your info, Wygant, but you couldn't make it work either. No, wasn't there. Would have been good. Yeah. Seemed like a good event. Uh, I, if, well, Bradshaw was there. I wouldn't have reconsidered. Um, so, okay, so yeah, so you drove, and then you got the roads, you got to Chicago at 10 o'clock and then flew out this morning, Monday morning. Um, yeah, 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 and the irony was I actually was on the Chicago flight that I would have connected to oh, okay. from yeah. MSP, right? but I think the chance of a 6 a.m. takeoff this morning from MSP yeah. was slipping the on, so we just skipped it. And JT, you, uh, you're, you fly Delta, Minneapolis is a hub, and a lot of the Delta people had no problems. They got out. Dan Truman was out at like 10 a.m. Yeah, I, was, uh, I got canceled four times on Saturday, so I had original flight canceled, they rebooked me. Uh, through Denver, then Salt Lake, that got canceled. Then I got put on the flight that I was taking. That I, the flight that I ended up flying on got canceled and then reactivated. So I got bumped from that into a later one and then back. It, it was pretty chaotic on Saturday, but for all of that drama, Sunday was really, really smooth for Delta. So I think having a hub there, which, you know, Minneapolis with Delta buying Northwest, that's one of their, you know, biggest hubs. Uh, that was, I think, you know, you guys' struggles was just because it's it's an outlier airport for your your airlines where Delta's, uh, yeah. you know, Minneapolis is a hub. My day couldn't have gone any worse. I mean, I got home, but it was it was a delay and the, the delay to get out. I know people don't want to hear all of this, but so I'll, I'll, brief, I'll make it brief. The, the, we got delayed over and over. And, and I, but I had tons of time in Chicago for my connection, and but we got delayed, waited, got de-iced twice, took off. We were coming in for landing in Chicago, looking good, right below the clouds, and all of a sudden the pilot guns it and raises up above the clouds, and we circle. So I don't know what the deal was. He never came on and said whether he was coming in too soon, whether they told him to divert, whether he was at the wrong runway. I don't know. So that was an extra – I was no problem going to make it, but that was an extra 15 minutes before we went back down again. Then we pull into Chicago. I'm still okay. I have 10 minutes, and I'm five gates over to catch my connection, except the pilot goes too far into the gate, and the jet bridge does, does now no longer lines up with the door, and we have to wait and all sit back down and wait to get pushed back five feet. So the jet bridge will connect, and I miss my connection. I'm literally sitting there, and it was just a comedy of errors. And then we finally get to Vegas. We, oh, and then the pl- there's no plane in Chicago, so I get booked on the next flight. There's no plane in Chicago. Waiting, waiting, waiting. They're pushing one from the hangar that takes an hour uh, delay to push a plane from a hangar to the gate. We get on the plane, make it to Vegas by 1 o'clock in the morning, one fifteen. And we get land in Vegas, and there's a plane at our gate. And now we wait an extra 20 minutes. Like, it was just absolutely everything that could go wrong. One of those days. I have one word for you. Yeah. No, stop it. Stop it. United. Um, Hasht- it, you can put a hashtag in front of it, it was, if you want to. The guy in Chicago going too far, I'm just like, oh, come on, man. Well, you know, he jams on the brakes. Oh, jeez. Anyways. Um, yeah, so Xanto struck, and it was, uh, it was not fun. It was not fun outside at all. <laughs> it was gnarly. Um, and, and, you know, talking to Minnesota people, they were like, this is amazing. This is." I talked to uh, Jeff Myshak from Geico Honda this morning, and they said that it was uh, the most, most, storm, most snow he's ever seen 
and he's lived there for 20 years. So, um, wow. yeah, and I mean that's you know exactly right. Like it was that it was that epic of, of a storm snow of a s- snowstorm. Uh, yeah, I'm wh- reading right now heaviest April snowstorm on record in Minneapolis. Yeah, that says a lot. And it's called Xanto. Right? Xanto. Xantomac. Xan- <laughs> uh, hey, before we get too far into this, we did a Racer X subscriber uh, deal where uh, you, you subscribe to Racer X magazine, and you get put into a draw to hang out. With myself and JT and Wygan at a race, and we'll take you around, take you to some trucks, meet, get you to meet some people, and um, yeah, it was a real cool deal, real successful thing last year, and we did it again this year, and we would like to congratulate Bill Stuber from New York. He won the 2018 Supercross Hangout with uh, myself and uh, Wygan, my best friend ever. He chose to attend Foxborough Supercross this weekend. He's bringing a song, his son along, son along with him. And he gets two free tickets, and he gets to hang out with Jason Wygan and I for, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours. I don't know. If he's got food and stuff, he can probably hang out longer. Um, if you entered and didn't win, no worries. Be sure to enter next year for another chance to hang out. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, and Wygan, um, Bill has spoken and said that he would like to meet Carmichael and Anderson. They were the first two on his list, in fact. Well, that's going to go real good, Bill, for you and I hanging out. So yep. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that happens for you, Bill. Yeah, I just put on the thread. I just said, no problem. We'll have Mathis handle those two guys. Yeah. And uh, I'll handle the rest. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be great. So congratulations yep. to Bill. Uh, we're going to see him this weekend in Boston where it's a day race and we could have weather again. We'll see. It's supposed to rain this week, but who knows? Um, Subscribe to the magazine, folks. People really do win. Yeah, yeah, they really do. 20 bucks for a year or 10 if you do it digitally. Like, come on. I'm cheap, but seriously, that's, that's like... That's nothing. That's for most idiots out there. That's a lunch and a half. Not me. That's more yeah. than a week. But right for most people, um, we went through from snow in India to mud in Seattle to snowstorm in Minneapolis. So this weekend, maybe there could be locusts this weekend. <laughs> so, um, all right, uh, let's get talking about the uh, triple crown. It's the third triple crown. JT Eli Tomac is the triple crown champion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he was even surprised. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like this was. Really short notice that they figured this out. Um, we talked a little bit about it on our podcast yesterday, Wygan and I did, but uh, JT, for you, uh, we think that they just did it that week, and they said, well, you know what, not much is going on in the championship, so let's make another one. Yeah, I mean, we'll never know, but uh, I, it was definitely the first I had heard of it. So I, I feel like they should have publicized it all along. They right. should have played it up and made it a big deal. Um, so I don't know what their – their motivation was or why they didn't or why they waited till the last minute or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, if yeah, you want to have a triple crown, there needs to be some sort of, you know, uh, signifying the winner of all of that. Um, they should, what they should do. And I mean, this is easier said than done is actually give away some money or a truck or something like that's cool. If they do that, are you going to donate? No, but I feel like they, oh, okay. I feel like there's room to do that. I feel like somehow there's room to do that for triple crown championship. Uh, yeah, insurance never, policy. never speak for someone else's money, but... Well, yeah, no, I, I, I get it, but... Do you, have you noticed, JT, that ever since RV said he was going to trade in the Tundra on a Raptor, we've never seen another truck given away? <laughs> Probably wasn't the best thing I've ever uh, seen or heard. Right. Well, actually, you know what, though? I was I was thinking about that, and didn't Anderson win a truck for all three hole shots? He did. At Monster Cup? And one of the amateurs ran into it. Yeah. Anyways, so we did it. Um, Wygant. Wygant, you there? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Triple Crown, we've seen three of them. 
What's your thoughts? We've had we've had five winners at the first one, six winners in the second one, and six winners again uh, on Saturday night. It's it's <clears throat> insane. What 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 are your thoughts on this triple crown format now that we've seen three of them? Yeah, I still like it. Uh, we we were in love from the beginning, and I really haven't faded much at all. Um, I'll give you an example. I was trying to find Barsha all weekend just to see what his status was, and it was really hard to negotiate the pits. So I finally found him. I was walking up to the press box, and he comes riding out of the tunnel, completing his opening ceremonies lap. So he had to get off the bike and push. I guess there was a rule you couldn't ride into the tunnels. So I, we did a walk and talk while he's pushing his bike. And I was in no rush whatsoever. I'm like, ah, whatever, opening ceremonies, blah, blah, blah. Whatever, and then it dawned on me, I'm like, oh, no, wait, 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 these aren't heat races. I really have to pay attention. I have to be ready. <laughs> yeah. This matters. And I just can't bold italicize that enough. We have a normal format where the first two hours of the three-hour show really don't actually matter, and if you brought that in as something new, people would say it's insane. It's tough to keep up with. We would probably all do a better job during the night to – like Anderson, as we'll get into, had a penalty, right? A one-position penalty. Yeah. Potentially had a massive impact on the overall. I don't feel like we were grasping that as it was going along. We need to rethink our thinking and our math, but I still like it. Um, JT, um, Tomac said he didn't really like it. Anderson said he didn't really like it. Dean Wilson said he doesn't really like the Triple Crown. Why do you think these guys are not on board? More races? More well, starts? yeah. I mean, three three races, a lot more chance for, you know, injury, and, and just it's a lot harder on these guys. So uh, I can understand, you know, if they feel like it's more dangerous, and I can understand that they have to basically ride more for the same, you know, points and money and all that. Uh, I, I can completely understand their side. I get it. I understand it. But at the same time, as a spectator and a person who likes to watch racing, doesn't change my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, again, we respect the guys and their opinion, they're racing, they're doing it, but uh, in the end, it's uh, it's an entertainment business, you know? I'll say this, after seeing three of them, I, I don't know if I'll go full endorsement of the 17 rounds this way, that they should just wholesale change it. It is, a little bit of, it is a little bit of intense, it's a little bit confusing, it's a little bit hard to keep up with, I can't imagine the emotions they run through. 17 might be a lot, but more, fine, and don't Take them away. That's for darn sure. <laughs> Don't take them. Do not take my triple crowns away. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they're great. Um, I would still, I would still make them all the same length. I really would. I, so maybe not the the longest one. Maybe there's a middle in between there. But man, it's just it's a little short. The first one, you know, for such an important deal. I would make them the same length. I don't know how that works for time of the night show and everything else. So. I don't think they're going to be able to, because if it requires you shorting the third one, you cannot do that. People have the pitchforks out ready to say that these don't really, they're not endurance tests. So you can't make the third one shorter. And for time purposes, I don't know if you can make the first ones longer. So All right. it's going to be tough. you agree, JT? Um, did, so did they change the length from the first one? Yeah, the second one was two minutes longer. Uh, the, the no, second, no, I mean from the first. The second yeah, triple the crown. The second triple crown okay. saw the first right. mains be right. two, the first mains were two minutes longer. The, first, okay, sorry, the it, first the it. first crowns. The first crowns. Yep, um, I would be okay with going back to that because I, I feel like it's just a little bit less racing, and I feel like the you know the triple crown hold, itself. Hold on, you, confu- you can, hold on, you confuse me. Go back to what? 
go back to the shorter first one. Oh, the the Anaheim two. Yep. You would make them shorter. I would. Yeah. Oh, I think it. I okay. think it. Because in theory, what the Triple Crown does really well is it shakes up the results. It gives guys that maybe can't go 15 minutes plus one lap at the front a chance, like a Ventrezi or, um, you know, even with Brayton winning, you know, Brayton's obviously established himself, but I think uh, an eight plus one gives him a better chance to win than a 12 plus one does. That's just my opinion. But I think that is the the concept that really adds the most entertainment, the most um, unpredictability. And that's what I want. I want the craziness and guys thinking they can win that typically can't. And also it cuts down on how much these guys have to ride and them being tired. And, and maybe it, it ups their um, overall perspective and view um, or their morale on these triple crown events. And I would also, uh, I, I think what Osborne said has a point, like the Olympic style scoring, there isn't, there isn't enough separation. Why get between first and second and third and all that. I would like to see them score say normally um, with the three-point gap, and then you, uh, you know, sort of win is worth something. I agree, but I think one of the big obstacles you have to this is it's confusing to figure out who's winning. If you start making larger gaps between points, now it's even harder. I mean, it's easy to say Martin won with a 3-3-1. Three, three, Let's see, that's seven. That's fairly simple. Uh, yeah, you're just adding more complication. Right. Wouldn't recommend that. All right. Um, so yeah. Jason Anderson uh, was penalized. Uh, one position in the second main event when he was forced off the track after hitting Brayton, and uh, it cost him the overall win because he tied. He would have tied with Eli, uh, but he would have got the overall because he won the last main event. Uh, as it is, though, he finished one back of Eli, one point back of Eli, and uh, and got second. And he wasn't too happy on social media about it. But I mean, th- that's the rule, Wygant. That's you can't really get off the track and then kind of haul ass. He didn't. You know, the, the rule is acceleration, and Jason said in the press conference he wasn't accelerating. But to me, he was going pretty damn fast. And, and, to, and I know the AMA, FIM, want to protect course workers and that type of stuff. Um, never mind crashes on plywood and concrete for riders. So I'm okay with the one-position one penalty. Yeah, I did talk to Mike Pelletier from the AMA this morning, right before we did this pod, actually, just to get some clarification on that. And I think where the confusion comes in is the, the rule essentially says you cannot – gain an advantage from accelerating on the side of the course and you it's hard to say he gained an advantage because he actually got passed like he lost yeah. positions in this so i think their argument is we didn't gain an advantage we got passed what the ama is saying is but what you did do was gain an advantage compared to stopping turning around coming back on the track at the beginning of the rhythm lane and doing the whole rhythm lane you had an advantage by riding on the side of the track that was a shorter easier faster way than stopping and getting back on in the very first available place. So they determined the word advantage was based on that. So yeah. that's what they said, and then the rule book's black and white. says one position for it. Um, so I see both sides. If you're Anderson and you got passed, Tomac got him by the end of the rhythm lane, you're like, dude, I didn't take advantage of nothing. I even lost a position. But I see the rule book saying, you know, if you had just stopped and gotten back, back on the track, yeah. it would have been slower. But um, – I'm saying it's a little bit on us here where we knew that he'd been penalized, but we were not buzzing in the press box in the third race saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, the penalty is now going to cost Anderson the overall. I think we all need to do a little better job of, as we do more of these triple crowns, thinking back, looking at the points, analyzing it, things like that. Because that was, yeah, ultimately that literally decided the entire race. What do you think, uh, JT, of the penalty and the incident and all that? 
Yeah, initially I kind of didn't agree with the penalty. Um, you know, Mike's explanation there makes some sense, but I'm of the opinion overall that if you're not gaining an advantage, what is the pen- penalty really necessary for? Uh, he kind of already self-imposed the penalty by going from second place to sixth or whatever place he ended up. Um, so I just kind of thought it was a little bit of overkill. I didn't really see a need for a penalty. It wasn't like he went off the – you know, I always go back to this um, comparison of Michael Essie going off the track at Daytona in 2012, and he went wide open as fast as his bike would go next to the rhythm lane and then pulled back in front of all of us, like – six or eight of us and just jumped back in. He went from probably fifth place to, you know, 17th place and then back to like ninth all in one section because he went wide open. I didn't really see Anderson doing that. And he, like I said, he imposed his own penalty. He screwed up. He lost a ton of spots. So was there really a a full need to penalize him even further? I, I would question that. All right. Um, yeah, so that that yeah ended up affecting the overall. Uh, yeah. we, we did find a flaw in the triple crown, which is, you know, Eli said the last few laps he knew he had the overall in the bag. He didn't need to catch him past Marvin. If this was a main event, he would be charging and trying to catch him past Marvin the whole time. But the team was letting him know that he had the overall win, and that is uh, that is a drawback of the triple crown. But hey, you know what I mean. I think it's just a small one. Well, we heard that in Atlanta. I, you know, some people still don't like it. And Anderson was doing this. Anderson won Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah. Anderson was doing the same thing in the third main event there. But on that very same night, Forkner passed Hampshire to win the overall in the two fifties on the last lap. So, fifty uh, percent of the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to have last lap action that affects the whole thing, and fifty percent of the time, you're not. And again, where are these mythical twenty-minute Supercross mains where the last ten laps are just absolute? Ass-kicking dogfight battles. Three a year, four a year, at best? Yeah, at best, I think. <laughs> right. So so big deal. The last five or six laps, they weren't battling yeah. for the lead. How often are they really actually doing that? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right, so Tomac won again. Is that win number seven? Six? That's win number seven, seven. I think. Yeah, seven wins for Tomac. Uh, Marvin uh, got third. He went seven, one, and two. Obviously, the team made some bike changes between the first one and second one, JT, because he was a different guy in the whoops and, and everywhere. What, he mentioned it in the press conference, but uh, he didn't get too in detail. But uh, there was clearly some bike changes made because he went backwards in that first one. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, it would be interesting to really have him give an honest um, <clears throat> take on what they did. You know, you, you always wonder, like, how significant – of a bike change would they make or really why did they make a change from time qualifying to the first main or what all went on there? Um, but yeah, his aggression level was definitely up. I mean, the first one, man, he, he got passed almost every time in the whoops. I watched Blake pass him a few laps in a row. And then Marvin is so good in the corners and, and, you know, he's obviously a great rider, but he would make a move back and then Blake would go right back past him. And it, Marvin was seemingly unable to do anything about it. So I don't know what they changed, but, um, you know, whether it was mental, mental or just the whoop specific, you know, he was a different guy, as you said, coming out in the second and yeah. third race. Yeah, something, something happened because uh, he was great the rest of the night. Uh, moving forward, even you know, winning the second one and uh, and moving forward in that in that third one, getting Eli. Um, by the way, once again, Wygant, um, we we're gonna make a a plea, begging the powers that be, please put the LCQs 
in the night in the in the night show to start. They're, they're phenomenal. Yeah, they keep delivering, just like us stating their case. And I know that uh, you know they are on Supercross Live, and they use the full TV crew and Ralph and Jeff do the broadcast for that Supercross Live. Like they always do the second practices. Well, at Triple Crown, they do the LCQ. So I get that, but we we know it's not the same as putting it on the actual TV show. And of course, this was phenomenal. Last turn, three riders battling for it. Jerry, uh, so Jerry's, come on, man. Jerry's pulling a Jerry. Jerry gonna Jerry. Well, that was two fifties. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if you can reasonably expect them to cram both in there. That's probably going to take fifteen minutes. But uh, at least the four fifties. But Jerry gonna Jerry. Absolutely, I was in tears again. Yes. What's Jerry doing? You think? What happened to Jerry? Yeah. So everyone, Jerry was running. Jerry Robin running second in the two fifty LCQ. Stopped and went around the whoops. And got back on the track and continued battling. Yeah, and and looked like he had given up, and then all of a sudden was... Yeah, he like looked up like in frustration, like his bike's broken or he's hurt. Yeah, yeah. But then he started going speed again. Yeah. It was perhaps the perfect Jerry Robin moment out there. And Alex Ray put in a hell of a charge. He made a mistake. He was in qualifying. He made a mistake. And uh, then he put on a hell of a charge to get up and uh, and go after Devin Raper and Theodore Pauly at the end. And Pauly whiskey-throttled something. And flew almost flew off the bike and went sideways across the track. It was it was phenomenal. It was just just amazing racing. And Alex Ray came up just short, but uh, it was great racing again in the LCQs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, hey, Dino qualified really well. He was first in the f- he was first overall in the first time practice. Second practice wasn't as good, but he still qualified really well. Had an off night though. JT never really noticed him after that. He's got to be bummed. I th- I was expecting big things from Dino. Yeah, I uh, I predicted him to get uh, fifth place in just my little picks deal um, that we do, you know, fantasy-wise. Um, I don't know what was going on with him. I don't know if it was bad starts or, you know, he, the track changed on him or what was going on. But, yeah, man, he was he was on fire uh, in practice. So something went on there. You know, You never really know if it's just a bad start and then you can't get the pace to go with the leaders. But you would think over three starts he would have got up there at some point. But yeah, he yeah. kind of blended in, blended in with the pack, and I never even noticed him at night. No, it was uh, his scores were nine nine thirteen, and after his practice speed, he's got to be a little bit bummed for sure. Uh, Blake uh, wasn't feeling well. Blake Baggett wasn't feeling well. I guess is the report we got. Um, you know, kind of sick or whatever. He didn't have a great night. Uh, it wasn't bad, but the, the you know his, he went down in the last main. Pike went down in the last main. Also, Pike was looking at a possible podium. Here, yep. he, he was really good. Five and three in the first two, and in the mix, like just right in the mix the whole time um, for podiums or maybe even a win. And uh, he went down in the second one while he was probably about fifth, uh, but he was looking great. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, I talked to him Saturday night after the race. Had dinner with him um, just randomly, and uh, he was pretty sore when he fell. Tomac hit him in the back with his front tire pretty hard, not on purpose, but just you know with momentum. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was he was hurting pretty good, so I think he'll be uh, he'll be struggling this week to to get a full workout in. But that guy seemingly can ride through any sort of pain. I, I mean, uh, that guy, right? as long as I've known him, something's always wrong. His back's messed up, or his wrist is messed up, or something's wrong, and it just doesn't seem to phase him at all. So I wouldn't I wouldn't think it'll really matter come next weekend. But he was definitely hurting Saturday night. Yeah, he always ends up by the end of the Supercross just walking wounded. Yep. Um, Brayton, why Garrett? Brayton was good again, except in that last main. He started up front. He led laps. He was in the mix. He was going to win the overall, uh, what, halfway through the last main? 
maybe quarter way into the last main event, Justin Brayton was winning your, was was winning overall. Instead, he got uh, uh, he dropped dropped back to fifth. That he's gotten fourth overall at all three triple crowns. He's missed the podium just by that much. Um, it was a little little unusual. Yeah, but overall, it was good to see him back uh, up front. That Seattle race, as you guys talked about last week, was terrible for him. So it was like, okay, that truly was just a mud race right off. He's back where he was. Um, but I feel like for all the hand-wringing of the Triple Crown, if you really get mad, I mean, in the end, it all kind of shakes out the way it does. And Brighton keeps getting fourth because, in general, he's just not quite as good as Moose Cantomac and Anderson, who keep getting the podiums in these. Yeah. So... It kind of all works out the way it's supposed to. I mean, I don't think when we talk about our 250 show either, anyone's going to look at the results there and say, what? Yeah. Well, uh, those are the three, you know, besides Forker, those are the three guys too. So it kind of works out the way it's supposed to, I think. Well, JT, both classes right now are struggling in depth. Struggling in depth. And, of course, we lost Tickle one more, you know. but Yeah, it's, it's pretty rough right now. Uh, I... I watch these LCQ guys, and I'm like, "This is your chance." Like these are, you know, and this this happens more often than not. Injury, the injury bug hits, and I think we we lose perspective on it. I think this kind of happens every year, where it really thins out. You know, to say whether this year has been worse than normal, I think, is just being victim of the moment a little bit. No, because no, every no, no, single no. This, year, this going year, into the this, last few races, it's bad. This year is. I, I looked at it. This year is worse than the last couple of years, as far as riders being out. It, this one is. Yeah, and I just I just think it happens time and time again. I, you well, know, it does. I, I can remember no, it does. this, yeah. and this is a long time. This is you know I'm showing my age here, but I can remember in 1998 at Binghamton. You know, this is the end of the season, just like Supercross is the end of the outdoors. There were four factory riders on the line, four. You know, so <laughs> yeah, I know for injuries sure. happen. It just uh, no. yeah, it, and I wouldn't argue with you. It's been really really bad this year, but I think there are several years where it's been as bad as this. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, this we had a couple of years of good health when you look at the sort of the attrition rate. But by the way, so we lost Tickle to suspension, and we lost Cooper Webb, broken tibula. Um, so Webb, I mean JT, that's going to take him out to the outdoors, I would think. You know, he's going to miss. Yeah, outdoors. his pressure we said a month. A month of the outdoors will be missed most likely. Yeah. So, man, this kid cannot cannot catch a break. He can't get momentum going to get momentum been bad man yeah. feel for him it's you know he's making more money than we'll all make in a decade or whatever you know but that doesn't help your you know psyche i think when you're trying to race and you're in a contract year and you're just trying to get out there and get something going yeah. and especially when you're getting to hit the reset button you know coming up may 19th and then now that's gone so um had to be a big blow and, and a tough blow for him and both yamaha who yamaha's had just the toughest time as web they can't keep anybody on the track either What'd you think of uh, Bam Bam's return, Weege? Yeah, that was really good. I think one thing you could mention with Brayton's third race, okay, he gets passed by Moosecan and Tomac, and maybe that's not surprising, but Barsha did get him there at the end, mm-hmm. and it seemed like Brayton was maybe better in the previous race, so it did flip. And, and I there. think Brayton had a pretty good lead on Barsha. Yeah, 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 he caught him from a long ways back. So yeah. considering it's a guy who just returned, you're right. That maybe was a little uncharacteristic in that final race for Brayton. But well, I, know I think you, for Barsha. You don't want to hear anything bad about Brayton. I know this why yet, so don't worry. <laughs> we know this. I think for <laughs> – I did say that the other three guys are simply better, and that's why I got fourth. Um, I think for Barsha, this is great. It's about as good as you could expect. And by the way, Barsha's track record for coming back from injury in midseason is yeah. exceptionally bad. Like you've got these – 
it's just another skill some guys have. Like, for some reason, Trey Kennard could have the most catastrophic, horrific injury, be gone for two years, and come back and be the exact same speed. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. No, we... Any injury Barsha has, when he comes back, he's usually terrible. So to get third yeah. in the very first race back, that's a big, big difference. Yeah, so we talked... that's a positive sign. We talked about that on my Thursday show. I was asking why uh, JT and, and Parabinos. I'm like, what are we going to see? Because this is huge. Like, he's come back and just been terrible in the past. So... Um, yeah, this was good. Three seven four for Bam Bam. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah. By the way, I got to clarify. <laughs> I better clarify what happened to Barsha's mechanic. Yes, yes. We did a podcast yesterday again. Please check it out on Brock Tickle. And and we we said in the podcast that we heard uh, Barsha's mechanic got hit by the Ast- the A Stars uh, medical unit and uh, broke his leg. But like well, it. Uh, yes, he was actually hit by a stadium cart, a trash cart, the mechanic was, not the Alpine Stars medics. And towards MCL. Towards MCL, not a broken leg, yeah. Right, right. But um, I think the confusion came because he got hit right in front of Alpine Stars, so if anyone didn't see it, they just saw him laying in front of Alpine Stars next to the mule, yeah. being attended to by the medics. Uh, and then, uh, but it was actually a stadium worker uh, and, that hit him. And so. Pike crashed out on the concrete somewhere, riding his bike in. Kyle Peters wiped out, I think, walking and tore his, maybe hurt his knee, maybe tore a ligament in his knee. No, I think see. he was on the bike, wasn't he? Oh, I don't know. Was he? Okay. I, oh, I, I thought he, he was. Yeah. I heard he was walking, but who knows. But oh, maybe. We had incidents off outside the, outside the racetrack for sure. Um, hey, JT, Bowers is good now. Not that he wasn't good, but Bowers seems to be over that late race uh, fades kind of. He, had, he was dealing with a chest issues uh, from a crash and, of course, in Oakland and all that. Like, he, Bowers seems to be healthy now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reserving judgment on that. Why? Because, well, you can't go off Seattle in the mud, and you can't go off a triple crown, which are shorter races. Well, the last one was long, and he got sixth. That was Seattle in the mud. No, the la- not long. no Moto 3, the triple crown, it's 15 minutes. Okay, well, I'm just six. telling you, I'm reserving judgment until we get a 21-minute main event. Oh, come on. No. That's ridiculous. No, no, he's, come on. He's fine. You come on. He's fine. That's your favorite rider. No, you can't. You're, you're biased. It's not my favorite rider. It's not my favorite rider. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the Bear. Um, but he did well. He's seventh overall. He, he's riding really well. I'm just yeah. saying, until we see a super strong 21-minute main event, I don't know that you can claim that just yet. Weed, you want to tie break this for us? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Uh, um, uh, we saw again. We saw some Bloss Reed battles again. Oh man, <laughs> we they, those two guys. They they that's it. They're done. They, they they it's like just every week, no matter where they are. Bloss and Chad Reed going at it. Have we talked Another about legendary about battle? This? What does Bloss say about this? He must – it has to be – I don't even want to talk to Chad about it because that's oh, a good for Chad. Yeah, I know. He's uh, loving it. Um, I, I, I talked to Bloss when, it, when he first started. One of the first races he was good again after his injury, he caught and passed Chad. Mm-hmm. So I said, how was that? And he was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, it was pretty cool. It's Chad Reed. But, dude, by this point, I'm sure he's sick of the guy. This was weeks ago. I'm sure he's now sick of the guy. Um, but, dude, they do find each other for sure. I want to uh, I want to thank Chad too because when I got to the stadium on Saturday it was blowing snow. I got out of the cab and I'm like I don't know where to go. 
I really don't know where to go. It's right outside the pits. So I started like going one way, and all of a sudden I see this guy with just a black jack. He looked like the, the monster in the thing, and he's waving his arms and yelling at me. And I'm like, what? Black puffy jacket. And I come up closer, and it's Chad. He's like, you're going the wrong way. You go in that way. And I turn around. So God knows where I could have been going the other way. I might have been dead still. I might have been like Jack Nicholson in The, in the Shining. I would also like to thank him. Um, why? <laughs> why would you want to thank him? I don't know. I just, just want to say that. Okay. Um, Mookie was good enough. <clears throat> excuse me. Mookie was good in the first main, and then I guess crashed somewhere. I missed it. And then he never really was the same again. I don't know if that crash affected him. Why again? Well, I had a six-hour um, debrief with the team. Yeah, hence why I threw it to you. Yeah, yeah so I, I did get some info. He said he was feeling low on energy, sick to reverse, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was second in the final practice, too. Yeah. Um, that, that, yeah, so he was catching Marvin when Marvin was struggling in that first one, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a good night for Mookie. And then, yeah, he just kind of fell. I think it was the turn, um, the split lane, and then never really heard of a, from him after that. But, yeah, he said he wasn't was not high energy. Feeling bad. Can we talk about those split lanes, JT? What are they doing? Yeah, I don't uh I don't really think it works every time. Um <laughs> the outside one after the triple wasn't too bad. You know, they even made a they even made a change to it for the second in well, or the third. No, for the third main because it was so it was so advantageous to go to the inside. They yeah. they screwed it up. Like Yeah. The only thing I really struggle with is some of, you know, like the next one. Um, I saw Marvin make it work a few times, but it was kind of the same thing where the inside is just way too fast. It's way too good. Um, And I don't envy them having to build two sections that are the same speed exactly. But, man, they're they're not working many more uh, exponents of time than they are. Stop it. Stop it, I think. You just can't. You can't do it with the ghosting software yeah, and everything. I, Just, yeah, I agree. It's it's way too hard to get it exactly right, and you need it to be exactly right to be effective. Yeah, uh, it was funny to me because the first practice, almost everybody went outside in that section, JT. The second practice, mm-hmm. they come out and they all go inside because they watched video, you know, and they yep. they were like, oh, look, the inside's faster, and guys were ridiculously diving to the inside. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So they all figured it out. That's I don't know if we can ever do split lanes ever again in history. Because you 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 got to be precise. So, you know what split lane worked? Um, what race would you have a split lane in the sand? We had a split lane in the sand, and the ins they were pretty. It was a corner. Was it Seattle? Was it St. Louis? Or I don't know this year, but last year the uh, the Glendale track last year I remember had sand. It was like a giant turn. It was almost like because yeah. I think it led him to the over under, right, or something like that. That worked. Um, I think there was one other split lane this year that somewhat worked. I can't remember where it was, yeah. but I, it was. But it was one of those. It's the rule, not the exception. Like when it worked, it was shocking that it yeah. actually worked. Yep. No, I just think they need to need to give it up. Um, it's a great concept, but there's just no way to execute it. Right. It's not the track builder's fault. There's just no way you can expect two completely different styles of track to be the exact same speed. Well, I would say it is the track builder's fault, actually. Why well, get? Well, for trying it. Well, for not making it equal. If you can't make it equal, don't do it. Well, I'm saying I don't think there's a track builder on earth that can do it. Like, how do you build two totally different types of obstacles that are the exact same speed? And if they're one-tenth of a second difference, yeah. everyone's going to know. So I don't think it can be done. Right. Um, okay, congrats to Henry Miller in front of his home crowd. Won the LCQ, got in. Good job for Henry. 
Ben LeMay was right at home in the in the wintry conditions. Must have been like a like Alaskan motocross out there. Um, <laughs> all right, anything else? Two four fifty wise. Anything? Anyone? Mm, nope. Nope. Uh, all right. Uh, listen to this commercial from Race Tech. Uh, suspension use the code X 18 when you go to save. And thanks to uh, Fly Racing and Maxis and Alpine Stars for making this happen. Listen to this commercial, and we'll be uh, we'll be right back. Race Tech suspension and engines, people. X 18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech. Guys like the Hep Suzuki team and many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. FlyRacing.com. Please check them out. Thanks to Fly for making this podcast happen. Damon Bradshaw uses Fly, and that is enough reason right there. That's en- that's enough. Damon Bradshaw, Fly Racing. Um, Adam Entingnap also broke his collarbone. Going to miss a couple weeks. Seven deuce deuce in, in, in the LCQ. Um, and also two Alpine Stars, the A4 chest protector. Please put it on, everybody. Just put it on underneath your jersey and, and run it. Be like the GP guys. God, JT, all those MXGP guys. They run it. They run chess pros They're under- forced to. They have to. Yeah, but they run the big ones, like, underneath. They run underneath, and that's that's what they do. Um, right, but they have to They have to run Um Also to uh, Maxxis Tires, MXST. Thanks to Maxxis Tires, Jeremy McGrath, developing a new tire for those guys. All right, 250s. 250s. Um, okay, well, let's talk Forkner. Like, this, this has been... Forkner pushing the issue and crashing, I think, five times in the last two main events is not good for him and not good for PC and, and Cowie, but it's not surprising, JT. We've been watching the Austin Forkner this series, and this kid pushes it, man. Yeah, you know, he's been so good, and you can see he's going to – I mean, he's going to be – a, a winning level guy in this sport for a long time with his technique and his ability to get good starts and his aggression and technique. And you can just see it. It's very, very evident. Um, but man, in that second main event, when things started to go sideways, have you ever seen a better example of someone's youth than that no. second main event? No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. He would just, you know, things went sideways and you could just see him trying way too hard and it was just bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, and things were unraveling. And, you know, he still was able to salvage a tenth in that second one, but that's that's just youth and inexperience. And it's going to end up costing him the title, obviously, with the, the injury in the third one. But, man, I was just watching him, and, and obviously I, I have professional interest to want to see Zach Osborne do well, but you also – I'm a Austin Forkner fan because of his talent, and you just want to like radio into his helmet, like, dude, calm down, 
Like, calm down yeah. and just ride, and you'll be fine because he's so much faster than everybody. But he was all over the place. Uh, yeah, bummer for him, but it was – you're just like – we've kind of seen it all season a little bit, you know, where you're like, bro, bro, back it down. Um, uh, so now it looks like, yeah, he'll be out for a little while. Um, did you see him cut over on Osborne off the start? <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm sure JT did. <laughs> that was pretty pretty gnarly. JT well, came over to us after the first main event, watching them line up for the second main event. And he's like, why is that continue to do this? He keeps lining up next to Fortner. You can't do that. You have to not line up next to him. Now, I'm not actually sure who had the gate pick, or is Fortner keep going to him? What do you think? Well, the, first, keep- the, first, one, the first one, Osborne had the first gate pick because he was faster, fastest qualifier. So then, Os- so then Fortner lined up next to him. The second one, Fortner had the pick, and Osborne went next to him. Is it based on previous main event? Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, JT, you called it. You're like, if he's lined up next to Forkner, Forkner's going to get the jump, and he will move over on him. And he actually, Jen, just to make you look even more right, he moved over more aggressively, dare I say egregiously, than he had before, and Zach almost went down. And I looked for you. You had already taken off. I think you had said your piece, and you were like, I'm leaving on top. <laughs> well, it's one of those things for me. It's, okay, these two don't like each other. That's pretty fair to for us to opine on right there's some there's some harsh feelings and if nothing else championship rivalry going on right Mm -hmm. so on average Forkner has been a little bit better of a starter I think that's fair to say Forkner's been at the front Zach has and not just this year but over the course of his last few years has struggled a little bit on the starts so why would you go near the guy just get away from him and the first one maybe he didn't have a choice maybe Austin you know sought him out but in the second one get away Get away from him. The, the, the field is pretty weak right now, so you should be able to find guys that you have a talent and equipment you know, advantage over. Get next to those guys. Um, and it's not the first time I've seen this happen this Supercross season. That's why I brought it up. Was he, it seems like it's happened multiple times this season where I'm like, man, if you know you're not as good of a starter as somebody, get away from him. Like, I would never start next to Vince Freezy or anybody like that because I, I was guaranteed to have to get pushed one way or another, you know, and it's just uh, it's frustrating. I'm, he's a lot better than me and faster than me and smarter than me and all that, but it's just something from the outside I was questioning as we were standing there, you know, in the uh, peanut gallery giving our opinions. Um, so what are the points now? I need to look at that, actually, uh, for 250s. Um Okay, yeah, the 12. Osborne 12 over yeah. Jordan Smith now, uh, who is second. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, that rivalry is getting, getting good. Uh, we'll see if it keeps, keeps it up in the, in the Nationals but, or when Forkner comes back. But, yeah, it, it, Austin, slow down. <laughs> it, was, it was just cartwheel after cartwheel. Uh, is so- there any um, connection between – so that gets hit pretty bad coming out of the gate and starts almost last uh, in the second race. So I'm sure he's – beyond angry there for the first 30 seconds or so. And then two turns later, he and Forkner are close, and then Forkner ends up in the tough blocks. Um, is there anything to that at all? I'm, I don't have really have an opinion either way. I continue to state that I don't really have strong opinions when it comes to any of these things. But is there anything to that? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I need to see it again. They were close. Like, yeah. like a lot of these things, they were close. If you look at it, you could be like, well, he was on the left of Zach and ended up in the tough blocks. Zach did leave some room. These, most of these things, this is what makes the Osborne thing, I think, so difficult. If you're Cowie, who doesn't like him anymore, 
you can look at each one and say, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. But I don't feel like Zach ever does anything besides the Savachi thing, which we all say, like, hey, you got to go for it. And plus, Savachi got whiskey throttle to make it look worse. I don't feel like it's ever like the full Vince Freeze, like, dude, why are you doing that? That's just pure dirtiness. Right. It's always right. somewhere in the judgment zone. <laughs> um, so all I know is they were close, and then Forkner ends up off the track. I don't know if just, just another violation as far as Cowie yeah, is concerned. Probably. I mean, yeah. is anybody ever, you know, not biased in the pits, right? Is there anybody that's like just, ah, yeah, you know, it's racing? No, they're not. Yeah, well, I mean, it started around round one. Like, this all started with yeah. – did Forkner cut down into him when he shouldn't have cut down, or did Osborne just straight take him out? Of yeah, Forkner's yeah, thing? yeah. So we just got another one of these. Yep. Uh, Jordan Smith was going to win this thing, man. Two-two uh, in the first two, and um, looking good in the third one. It came together with Osborne, but they was all fine. They were joking about it, I guess. Uh, just a racing incident, but yeah, Jordan Smith is now at twelve points back, and we talked about not talking. We talked about not talking about him uh this week on our show and uh yeah and you know what jordan smith still got a chance at this thing 12 back so uh nice work for jordan out there uh jmart won though jmart like he's he's good at supercross jt and he would like everyone to know it he would yeah. um yeah no he rode really well and, and this is this is not a this shouldn't be breaking news for anyone you know going back he's been really good lately you know he he won the the final main event in Atlanta. Then he goes to Daytona and gets second. Then he goes to uh, Indy and or St. Louis and he gets second again. Then he goes to Indy and he wins it. And then he goes again this weekend and he wins it again. So we have evidence of this. It shouldn't be a shocker for anyone. It's just for me, it's a bit surprising that he's been able to find such consistency because that's the one thing he's missed over his whole you know East Coast or West Coast series history is he's not been able to string four, five, six of these together. It's always been three good ones and a bad one or four good ones and a DNF or DNQ. Uh, but it seems like he's, he's on a roll here. Yeah, uh, I talked to him a little bit on the way there. We were on the same flight going there, um, myself and Eli and J-Mart, you know, heavy hitters of the industry. Um, right. J-Mart said his bike. He's really – they really tested the bike. They found some stuff. He told me first, first time on the bikes and early on in the year he wasn't a fan. He said he was like, I don't know. But he said they've really done a good job, the Geico guys have, and he really, really likes his bike. And I said, don't don't just give me the BS stuff about your bike. And he, and it's he, hilarious because um, last year it was the 250 was the old bike and the 450 was the new bike. And it was like, when I can finally get in a 250 with that new chassis design, it's going to be so much better. Yeah. yeah. And then so the first time he gets on it, no. Yeah, yeah, no, it, uh, exactly, right? That's how it works. So, I mean, I like Osborne to hold on to this over Jordan Smith, 12 points with two races left. You guys do too? Yeah, the money would be, that would be where the money would go. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, Josh, I'm not predicting anything in this. Josh Osby, six overall for Osby. Nine, six, nine. Good job for him. Uh, we talked about the class being depleted, but regardless, man, someone's got to get there. Uh, A-Rod, six, 11, six. Good job for A-Rod. He was looking for his... Uh, Shoes? Why well, get? We saw him. He was looking for his shoes. Uh, yeah, he had uh, boots, I guess, to walk around in the snow, and they fell off the mule, I guess. Yeah. And uh, then he couldn't find them, so he was just walking in the stadium. Yeah. Looking for them. <clears throat> um, Hartraft was really good the last two. He crashed in the first one. Was almost dead last. Sixteen five four for Brandon Hartraft, and and Weege, He's now your second favorite rider. Oh yeah, moving up the charts. 
New Jersey. I didn't even know. Well, his, his entry says Brick, New Jersey, hometown. I, I don't do any research. Oh, okay. <laughs> I never actually looked. Yeah. Well, he's Jersey, Plus, bro. But he's Jersey, and he is wearing the 114, which, as you remember, reminds me. Yes. Of a yes. certain young buck working his way <laughs> toward the front of the Supercross ranks. Right. Who was once told 114 will never get a podium again. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramet, I was paying close attention to because I had him in fantasy and a bad second main event. But other than that, Thomas Ramet for the Star Guys rode pretty well. Um, what else? Uh, what else, JT? In 250 class caught your eye. Good, good job for Van Martin. Uh, made it in. He's a good dude. Uh, Luke Reslin, by the way, had food poisoning or something. Had one good main, the other one he pulled out in race. Uh, just not not feeling it. But uh, what about you, JT? Anything else catch your eye? Um, not really. I mean, there was some aggression going on. I, the one move I couldn't really figure out was Jordan Smith when he high sided over Osborne. I could not figure out what he was doing there. That was such an ill timed, you know. And he paid the price for it. But man, I was like, you didn't have the angle. You didn't have yeah. anything to do that, and you ended up putting yourself on the ground. And costing yourself, well, you know, when you would have been it, right in the mix. It happened the turn before, right? So he screws up the turn before, and yep. uh, Osmo gets to the inside of him. And you're right. Like, you kind of don't have the angle, Jordan. You can't really. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just pure emotion. That's all. You know, he was he was angry about what had gone on on the straightaway. They bumped and all that. And then I think he was just like, well, screw it. I'm just going to send it in here. But, you know, to push somebody like that, you need to have the leverage over their bike, or you would just end up high siding over the back of their bike, and you could you could see it coming from a mile away. It's just like, man, you're either going to knock each other down, both down, but yeah. the, the likelihood of you moving him and going to the inside was basically nil at that point. Um, you know, what reminded me. It reminded me of the Noof and the MX Fails. Did you ever see the Noof with Jess Pettis at MX Fails, Arena Cross? I didn't know. Yeah, Noof. Jess Pettis had the inside coming down to turn. Noof was on Noof's front tire was on the right side left turn. It was on the right mm-hmm. side of Pettis's bike, kind of by the the number plate. And Noof decided to try to turn into Pettis, and then he just went down, and Pettis kept going. It was kind of yeah. like, yeah, you you didn't have it, you didn't have it, Noof. You almost have to be side by side to make that move work. Yeah. Any other way, you're just gonna go over the yeah. top of their bike and crash. But the good news is Noof made MX fails. He was very stoked about that. He got six hundred. <laughs> he said he got six hundred new followers. That's awesome. So, um, what else? Uh, LaCurcio, Zach Williams, Cartwright, uh, Keith Tucker. Nice job for Keith Tucker from North Carolina. Qualified really well. You know what's funny? This triple crown, we always talk about, you know, these MTF, GPF, um, whatever, south of the border, Club MX, whatever. (laughs) There's so much emphasis put on one-lap sprints, and this is the perfect format for them. They finally found the format. That suits them. Triple yeah, crown. Yeah. You qualify for your main event off of your one lap. It's perfect. Yeah. You have no racecraft and you have no real, like. Right. Yeah. But, but boy, can you but scrub? everything they're good yeah, at right. will get you into the main event. Yeah. It's funny, though. The three triple crowns, I mean, the same guys are winning. You know? it's We haven't seen that change, Wygant. You know what I mean? Because cause maybe early on at Anaheim 2, we're like, look at Brayton. Like, look at Brayton. He's back. But now we know that Brayton is just back. You know, we just know that he's a guy. He was better triple crown. Triple crown's where he shines. Yeah. Um, all right. So what do, what do we see from Osborne this weekend? Do we see him go for the win? Yeah. Yeah. He only knows, so, yeah. He only knows one, way to, one way to ride, bro. 
Yeah, I think with Forkner being out, I think that takes a ton of pressure off him. And I think he rides maybe his smoothest, calmest ride, and I think we'll see him win this weekend. I think Forkner was the one guy that made him nervous with, with just his raw speed and intensity and the fact that he just didn't give an F. Uh, everyone else, whether it's J-Mart or Jordan, they seem like they're calculated a bit more than Forkner, and there wasn't that animosity there. Um, I think I think that was a huge, huge, um, you know, yeah, he, plus side swing for regardless of where the points fell. Even if Jordan, Jeremy, and Forkner were all at twelve points, I think removing Forkner was a big deal. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jamart win again. You know, but that's true. Yeah, yeah I but, could see that. But see um, that. apparently, why again? Jamart's hauling ass outdoors. I know it's everyone hauls ass outdoors. Is that Every, shocking for you? Everyone has never felt better, but. Well, Jamar should be hauling ass outdoors. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, if you're telling me that a guy that's on a two-time outdoor champion that's won back-to-back Supercross races, you're telling me that he's going fast outdoors, I'm going to say, yep, I, just, I would imagine that. I want to see him get back to – because I don't think Osborne – I don't think Jamar last year was as good as Jamar on the Yamaha. You know what I mean? The same guy. I think I don't think Osborne just – Jamar was the same, and Osborne was that much better. You know what I mean? I don't think that was the possibility. I think I think Jeremy was not as good. So if he can get back to Yamaha levels, Jeremy Martin, and then we got Osborne, who we know is going to be – I don't see any reason for any drop-off of Osborne's performance. That'll be epic, those two guys. Well, I, the thing I'm bummed about is Forkner. It, hopefully he can get back. You know, he's got five weeks or so to get back. But you throw in Plessinger, Plessinger – um, but really for J-Mart, it's removing the mistakes because there were a lot of motos he threw away. You know, Glenn Helen, he should have won. I would say should have, but he, I think he would have. Uh, there were just a lot of races in there that were his own fault. He just crashed on the first lap while winning and doing something stupid. You know, I think he was – there were motos last year where he was the best guy. Um, he just got to find a way to do that for 24 motos and throw and get rid of that inconsistency he's shown. There was a couple motos he was the best guy, not that many. Not, not, nowhere near in 24 motos was he ever as good as he was on the Yamaha. Um, I think the competition level is different, too. I mean, Zach Osborne was nowhere near as good as he is now, too. So it's not all in a vacuum. There we go. Vacuum. Yep. Um, well, again, anything else? I think we've just been gone for like 10 minutes. He's still, still, oh, says I've been on mute. That's why. Oh, I've had many. And impressive points. Like I've this probably said three or four just mind blowing, life changing, <laughs> earth shattering things. Such a clock. Uh, wow, I didn't even realize that. This pod is um, just gone to Yeah, I was gonna what call, I meant to do was jump Daniel in on your Blair. point there, JT. Let, let's call Daniel Blair. Like seriously, let's get yeah. Blair back. <laughs> Show was good last week. I ha- I hate to admit that. I have to admit that, but I hate to admit that. Um Yeah, um, Osborne said after a rider, he didn't mention names, cut over on him at the start, that he really came into that second turn hot because he was mad. So you know, it worked out for Osborne. He went from a terrible start to a good one because he made a bunch of passes in the first two turns. But there is a that is a double-edged sword, right? If someone gets you mad off the start and you go bonkers and crazy on the first lap, that could also end badly. So, yeah, I think you're removing a little bit of that uh, from the formula because I don't think he gets as angry and vice versa with Fortner and him with these other guys. I mean, J-Mart does not like that type of racing. J-Mart is much more of a veteran dude. You're not going to get that from him. No, no. Uh, uh, I, now, Smith and J-Mart, I'm not sure. 
I think there's still scars from that Detroit last lap pass from Smith. And remember what set up the Osborne pass on Smith was J-Mart got Smith at the end of the whoops. And I, I'm sure J-Mart was fine to put a little extra mustard on the pass. Yeah. Yeah, although but, jo- Jordan's pretty yeah. aggressive out there. Him and Osborne, it won't, they won't go to those levels of Forkner and Osborne. They're not, that's not going to happen. You know? No. Um, although he's pretty aggressive, so. Uh, John Short, too. Good job for John Short. 11-8-8, class. A lot of guys doing well, you know, because end of the year, bro. Um, all right. That's it. Triple Crown's over. Fly racing. We're on to Boston. Yeah, we're on to Boston. Is Gronk going to be there? The party bus with Gronk? Good question. We had that, we had that one year. So. I'm getting a little worried. You know, we, we joked about they had him, like, coming out of the bus with the Monster Girls like it was rocking in there and use your imagination. Yeah. Um, I'm getting worried. Did you, this is hilarious. So last week in the media, there was a huge expose. I cannot believe that they needed actual professional journalists, reporters to figure this out. But apparently the NFL sexually exploits their cheerleaders by trying to make them look attractive and hot and then showing pictures of it. I don't know if you guys knew this. No. no this is, yes. This is big news. investigation. Yeah. And the cheerleaders themselves said they are treated as sexual objects. <laughs> I can't. I don't know how they got this kind of info. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you know, F1 has gotten rid of the grid girls now. They replaced it with kids. Um, the monster girls have always been an island. No one has ever complained. Everyone's cool with it. I'm really getting scared now. Is the net going to close on this? The net? Huh? Not one of those net? nets. Net? What? It's oh. getting a little... Yeah, I don't Super know. Yeah. Trademark. Like, are, are we not going to be allowed to see Gronk come out of the Gronk bus with four monster girls? I don't know, bro. I don't know what's going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I, I did not know this. Cheerleaders, objectified. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's That's amazing. why I read the newspapers. It's amazing. It's almost like they're being forced to sign up and wear those, you know, <laughs> to go apply for a job. I, I, they yeah. just liked the team and they just wanted to cheer. They did not know that sexuality was a part of this at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's almost like they just can't quit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Um, JT, before we let you before we go, um thoughts on Tickles whole deal? Uh man, unfortunately I don't think we're ever gonna get the real, real truth. You know, whatever is comes out or is said, you're always gonna wonder, is that really what happened? You know, that that's the unfortunate side of it. If he took something over the counter that he truly didn't mean to or didn't know, then it's pretty unfortunate. Um, you know, but that's part of the water rule, and they're very, very adamant about you knowing that. You better know every single thing you're putting in your body at all times. I just the, – the only downside of this is the heavy-handedness of it. Um, obviously, there's a lot of downsides for Brock, but just in general as an overall, you know, picture, the heavy-handedness of WADA is pretty tough. I, you know, it's basically a career-ender. Now, going back to Stu, it was basically the end for Stu. You know, we didn't know it at the time, but it was the end. Um, and I fear that's going to be the same thing for Brock because even if they reduce it down to two years, what does that mean for Brock? I, to me, that's the death knell for his, you know, uh, ability to get a ride at this level that he's at, like a factory KTM will ride. So um, I, I think we all like Brock. I personally do, and I just hate to see it. Um, regardless of whether he knowingly was doing something or not, I don't think it was something that was going to cause him to win or lose races. It just seems uh, seems like a really harsh penalty for what we think this uh, this 
chemical yeah, may no, have been yeah. doing. Look, look we, we talked about this in our podcast. I, I'm, I'm 90% sure that, that Brock isn't doing this to cheat and Alden Baker's not doing this to cheat, but there's a 10% chance they are or greater because we'll never know. And that's it. That's the bottom line. We're, we lost Brock Tickle. We lost Kate Clayson. We lost James Stewart. You know, Wygant was trying to say we lost the Moss brothers. I wasn't really quite going there with JT when he was dropping that, but yep. Yeah, uh, well, but you know, same thing happened. Yeah, I know, but I just feel like it's not a. Well, they weren't racing in the series that we're covering. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it uh, it's one of those man. Um. Bad bad deal all around. Okay. So anything else, boys? Hey, one thing I've learned since with that uh, tickle thing, we we had heard that um, it, it's potentially in the KTM contract that you have to pay your salary back if you get caught for this. Um, which was a shocking. Um, one reason that potentially could be for that, now that I've learned more about how this whole Lance Armstrong thing happened, and JT, I think you followed that pretty closely. Um, mm-hmm. Like every single sponsor, team, team manager, everybody ended up being implicated, right? So yep. <clears throat> as soon as you put that in there, you're basically the KTM brand saying, we so heartily do not endorse any attempt at cheating whatsoever that we are actually more mad than anyone and we're going to ask for our money back. So please, please, please don't point fingers at us. So that's basically why you would put that in there. Because, JT, like, didn't the whole U.S. Postal team get jacked up? Um, not, not as far as their – they weren't penalized by WADA. They were chased down by the FBI. The FBI um, subpoenaed all of them. To try yeah, to there you go. Lance post there you service go. lawsuit, but it, yeah, it was that was a kind of a different deal. But yeah, it was very messy for all of them. Well, chased down by the FBI, not good. So no. no. So, well, so I think that's why I'm like, man, that's an, an that's a really strange thing to put in a contract. Like, they're seriously that concerned about the bad PR. No, it's not that. That is to in case something went catastrophically sideways. They're like, well, you know, we weren't forcing this on our riders. Look, yeah. Um. The uh, well, Ping- Pingree's sure of it. Pingree's 100 percent sure. Brock Tickle cheated to gain an advantage, and we've all seen Brock's massive jump this year in his results and massive, you know, sort of changing of his physical form and everything. We've all seen it. It's obvious. Ping is not waffling on this. That's for sure. Um. So anyway, yeah. Ping's but, opinion- but, opinionated, no doubt. But that's he's opinion opinionated. Opinionated. Um, Look, there's just, there's just there's no doubt there's going to be a lot of people out there in the internet world that are going to just be like, yep, yeah, yeah, Baker got caught cheating, juicing, bro. I just don't give me that. Stop, stop with all of that. So, well, you'd like you said though, you have to leave that door open ten percent because oh, you do. there were yeah. people that I mean, people used to. There were so many people that were Lance Armstrong fans. You could not get a more universally loved athlete. Oh, why? Listen, why again? If I could have a time machine, yes. Okay, if yes. I could have a time machine, yes. I would go back because, well, okay, this would be top 10 in my list, not number one. But top 10 reasons to have a time machine. I would go back, and I was the guy on Yamaha at the time saying, he's cheating. He's doping. And, God, dude, people were so mad at me. And I'm like, he's breaking all-time records. Look, at, look he's smashing these records up these hills. Smashing them. He's doping. He's doping at his age and everything else. And I was, you know, ah, you idiot. You're so fat, fat loser. Can't bicycle, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he's cheating. He's cheating. And uh, Steve, if, if I had a time machine, me going back to prove that I was right about Lance Armstrong wouldn't even be in the top 1,000. I said it was in top 10. 
I said it was in top ten. Top ten. That's what I'm saying. It wouldn't even be in the top maybe ten thousand things I would. Well, do. I was. It, it would no. It's in my top ten. It's in my top ten. I it's was. I just remember being shut down and called names, and everyone in Moto loved Lance, and and I'm just like he's cheating. Anyways, that, that's I still love him. Everybody else was cheating too. Who cares? Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. You you picked up on the point I'm making here, Steve. You cannot that that proved. Do not ever unequivocally say someone's innocent. I know they're innocent for sure. Yeah. 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 You yeah. always got to leave that door open because yeah. oh my god, they they kicked the door off the hinges on that one. So if that happened, you can't rule out anything ever. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. It's it just we got it. We got to get something else as a sport. But JT, we were talking on our pod, and I don't think this is going to happen. But if there's anyone in the sport that could get Brock back sooner, or get this waived, or get things changed, or anything, it's Roger DeCoster. I don't think I don't like his odds, but if there's one person, I like Ricky Carmichael's gas penalty, that could make things change a bit or get Brock back, it's Roger. I don't think so. I don't think WADA cares about Roger DeCoster. I don't even think they know who he is. FIM, but FIM does. But they're not. They they are subject to what WADA decides. Yeah, but FIM, FIM is who you deal with through all of this. Uh, talking to Kay, talking to Alden, FIM is who you deal with for all of this. Now, look, I don't uh, like. I, I'm not saying it's. Do you gonna, think that Roger knows who Brock is? Well, first he would have to look him up, yeah, and find out that he rides for KTM. Okay. But but I'm just okay. saying, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the odds, but. Roger's very, very powerful, very influential with so many people all over the world in motorcycling. That uh, I, don't, I don't like the chances of anything happening other than maybe a reduction to 18 months, two years, something like that. I don't, I don't think Roger can pull off something like that. I personally don't, nor do I think – I actually don't think that Roger would do that. If it was Ryan Dungey, I think Roger would empty, empty the tanks on every string he could pull, but I – I question that. We'll yeah. see. Time will tell. No, and that goes to what I was saying about the Carmichael penalty. It wasn't uh, Ivan Tedesco. It was Ricky Carmichael yep. who got the penalty. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, all right. <clears throat> Thanks to – congrats to uh, Bill Stuber. We're going to hang out this weekend in, in Boston. Bill, you, me, Wygant, your kid. It'll be fantastic. R.C. Anderson. <laughs> R.C. Anderson. <laughs> It'll be, be fantastic. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, uh, presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. Weege, JT, uh, thank you, boys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said.
said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike, you're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working-class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you sit there, you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, hey,